Welcome to the Metron Manager Podcast. Thank you for joining us as we work to recover the dignity and mission of vocation. Learn more at metronmanager.com. Welcome to the Metron Manager Podcast. I'm your host, Jonathan Nowlin, and we're coming up on the end of the year, and boy, what a year it has been. Some of you listening to this episode have experienced some pretty major setbacks. Uh, We've been surrounded by tragedies, losses all around us. A lot of people have found themselves ruined financially and wondering if God actually cares about the things they care about. So I want to talk about this question today of does God actually care about your work? I mean, your actual work, what you're doing. Not that you have a job, being employed is good, but what you are actually doing. Have you ever wondered if God's even aware of what you do at work? Does it often feel like God may love you, but he pretty much disdains your job or your daily responsibilities? Just not that impressed. Or at best... Maybe he doesn't even notice what you do. That doesn't make us feel very good. When you think about your day-to-day life experience, do you find yourself wanting to apologize or make excuses to God or even to other people or your family or make some kind of justification for why you spend your time doing something secular with your life, something that seems really mundane, lame, dirty, unimportant? I'd suggest that God is actually very interested in and what you are actually doing in life. No matter how trivial or mundane your work might seem, I believe that God is actually very into the work of your hands. Also, I don't believe that our Father would wantonly destroy what his kids have made. No loving Father would do that. I know a lot of us are wondering about that these days, and I hope we can get to the heart of this question. Does God actually care about my work? It is easy for us to begin thinking of God in a very deist way, where you assume God just set everything in motion, but he's distant, he's impersonal, he's out there somewhere, far removed from the muck of our day-to-day life. I believe God loves the muck. He loves the mud of the job site. He loves the mind-numbing equations in your Excel sheets. He loves the dirty pile of dishes in the restaurant. He can't wait to get right into the middle of your stressful team meetings. I believe he's fascinated by the solutions his people come up with for the problems in the workplace. He loves to metaphorically give Play-Doh to his kids to see what they'll create. He gives you a lot of resources to work with. Everybody has resources of some kind. Our Father in Heaven is the original creator, and he fully expects his children to emulate his nature. The Bible says he is the original builder of all things. I do not think it's by accident that the Messiah was born to a carpenter or that he grew up making things with his hands. God is into work and he is into craftsmanship. He is into what you do. In fact, on completing the work of creation, God declared, this is good. So how do we get to the heart and the soul of work? Let's take a deeper dive into scripture and see if we can find God's perspective on this. In the New Testament, you find that it's filled with the language of work and works. 
These words are rooted in the original Greek word, ergon. Forgive me if I'm not saying this exactly as a Greek scholar would say it, but ergon is the actual tangible work that you do. It's what you do with your hands. I believe that God loves you, but he's also really into ergon. So what's the definition of ergon or work? So the English word work is translated from the Greek word ergon. It's the root word. Ergon is defined as the tangible work of your hands. We get other familiar modern words such as ergonomical from the root word ergon. Let's look at two key scriptures that refer to the work of your hands. Colossians 3.23 says, Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters or employers or bosses as we would have in modern times. So that word or that series of words, work at it, is the Greek word erga zesthe. In the Greek, means do your work from or with your soul. I like that. So work from the soul. From the root word, ergon, we get this term. And ergon, again, means the work of your hands. The actual definition of ergazaste is work, trade, perform, do, practice, commit, acquire by labor. Then we also see the Apostle Paul stating in 1 Thessalonians 4, 11 through 12. He says, and, make, and to make it your ambition to lead a quiet life and attend to your own business and work with your hands, just as we instructed you, so that you will behave properly toward outsiders and not be in any need. In this scripture from 1 Thessalonians 4.11-12, the words work with is the Greek word ergazasthei. In the Greek, it means to work with hands from the root word ergon or work that we discussed already. And it basically means the same thing as ergazaste. Work, trade, perform, do, practice, commit, acquire by labor. So last year, around this time, I was in Baltimore for a conference. God gave me a new perspective on work while I was there, really deepened my understanding. I want to share a story with you. I had a profound revelation during that visit in Baltimore. I really found that God not only loves people, but he loves their actual work. He went out of his way to point this out to me during my stay there. So I want to share this story of how God showed me the depth of authentic love that he has for you and for what you actually do. Your work, your ergon really does matter to God. He loves you, but he's really into your job. So I was staying about four nights during this conference in Baltimore at a uh, small um, local hotel, kind of a one-off deal. There wasn't any room at the conference center hotel, so I had to stay off-site. And I was commuting, Ubering every day to this conference that I was attending. But I found myself in an interesting situation. I was staying in this small local hotel that had windows out three of the four sides that faced office complexes on all those directions, really tight downtown high-rise section in Baltimore, right in the commercial area. So there were massive walls outside my windows that looked right into all kinds of office buildings. Some were down the street, some were quite close. And each morning, you know, I'd be having my quiet time 
uh, facing out those windows, just praying a bit, reading the word. And I could see as the sun came up, as it grew later and later in the morning, lights starting to come on in all of these office buildings. I began to see uh, people start their day jobs, start working, turning on the lights, picking stuff up, having meetings, getting organized, working over ideas on whiteboards that I couldn't see from where I was at, mapping things out, having conference meetings. And God began to ask me a few questions as I was watching these work days start up all over the place in these buildings. He would say things like, what do you think they're working on in that office? He would say, what's causing that obviously tense conference meeting? Then he would ask, what idea do you think they're mapping out on that whiteboard? I had no idea. I'd never even thought about that when I would see uh, people working, but also when I would consider what I would call the theology of work. I would always think about the people, not necessarily what they were actually doing, not what they were setting their hand to do. God began to show me that, yes, he loved the people, but he also really loved what they were working on. It was hard for me to fathom that at first. It's really outside of my paradigm. I began to have a deep fascination with what people were working on, what ergon they were undertaking, what they were actually setting their hands to do. And it was fascinating. Really changed my perception. So my love for people began to grow miles deep, not just miles wide. God added like another lens to my spiritual eyesight, gave me better depth perception on things that really mattered to him. So I was seeing the people, but I was also began to see metaphorically what was on the whiteboard behind them in their office, in their meeting. I began to value them holistically and also care deeply about the value they were creating and the blessing they were bringing into creation. Even if they likely did not value it themselves, I began to feel God's heart burning with interest and value for what they were actually working on. I began to resonate with a depth in God that I'd really not grasped before, really seeing a different aspect of his character and nature and what interests him, what uh, intrigues him, what is he looking for in his people. I was moved to pray and for the people, and I was moved to pray for the work of their hands. That was new to me. I valued people, loved people, prayed for people, but I honestly hadn't thought multidimensionally about the work of their hands. I hadn't seen the whiteboard behind the person standing there, so to speak. So all of this experience was happening uh, among some of the worst part of Baltimore. Most of the storefronts on the roads are boarded up. Uh, the buildings are crumbling. The streets are filthy and broken. Uh, just a tragic situation economically and socially there. Even during the time I was there staying at this hotel, there was a mass shooting on the same block as my hotel. And there were seven people killed for no apparent reason. No one ever even found out. And this was common in Baltimore. Just a broken place physically, spiritually, mentally, emotionally, just really, really challenged community. But God began to show me that people had lost their way because they'd lost their design. They were unaware of their original purpose. They'd never been told about their calling to co-labor with God. They'd never been told that God cares about what they do. The gospel of the kingdom is a recovery of all that was lost at the fall. 
the saving of holes, not just souls, as the theologian N.T. Wright says. Part of the good news of the gospel is the recovery of one's purpose, one's original design to work and build and create and add value, to provide, to bring solutions, to cultivate and keep metrons, spheres of responsibility. It really broke my heart, and yet it gave me hope, this whole experience. It gave me hope that recovering the dignity and mission of vocation was very much on God's heart for the people in downtown Baltimore, and I would surmise for the world at large. Mankind needs to align with their design and work from their soul. If you don't realize that God is actually into your work, you won't be into your work, and the world around you will suffer. To recover authentic purpose, we have to embrace work with the same enthusiasm that God has for what we do. This is how the ordinary becomes extraordinary. Thank you for listening to the Metron Manager Podcast, presented by Jonathan Nowlin and the Metron Manager Project. Remember, God has given you permission and a commission to work. Learn more at metronmanager.com.